we're back. Welcome to another episode of Sociable Socialism. I'm Joe Loudguy. Uh, this week, we're going to review uh, the media again and uh, their shameless hypocrisy. Uh, that's not, it's just their absolute shameless attempt to smear Bernie. We're going to review that. And we are also going to uh, go over the crisis that is quickly brewing uh, with the Kurds. Uh, so stay tuned. So, uh, obviously, uh, last week when I recorded my episode, I recorded it before uh, Bernie Sanders admitted that he'd had a heart attack. And uh, at the time, I was quite optimistic. (laughs) So, you can imagine how it might have felt over the weekend, uh, finding out that indeed uh, it was a heart attack, and that, I mean, the man has been working like a demon. Going to four rallies a day, I mean, I I guess I blame, I don't want to say myself, but I, I feel some culpability or responsibility only because I feel like, and this is about all of Bernie's supporters, I feel like we have been very demanding of him. And we have put a lot on him. And he has been going 180 miles an hour because he recognizes how desperately we need him. And I have not been doing my uh, fair share, I guess is how I feel, personally. Uh, I feel uh, I did a lot more phone calls for him uh, in June uh, leading up to the first debates and it just faded over time, and now I haven't done any in months, and and I keep blowing off the calls that come in, or the texts that come in from Bernie campaign members. I I really, I I feel like I've got to get back at this, is what I feel after this. I'm like, okay, it, not me, us, you know, this is where that component of that comes in. It is us. It is a movement, and we have to help this guy out. We need to get him across the finish line. His ideas will fundamentally change the landscape of power in D.C. I mean, I I can't state to you, if you still don't understand why it has to be him, what an opportunity this is. Uh, this, This is something that has a unique place in politics because it would piss off every single segment of the established power structure of this country. It is the exact opposite of what all of them want. Somebody that won't play ball with them. I did you if you ever saw the wire, you know, and this might seem like a weird segment uh, tangent to go off on, but the wire ends in a terrible way, and I'm telling you this cuz you're not going to watch season 5. If you haven't watched the wire now, you're never going to. And frankly, the show should have ended probably after season four, but 
a lot of people would say three. So the ending in season five, where they shank the police chief in the back using some dirt they have on him, isn't because of wanting to get revenge. You know, it, it, it was entirely done because the police chief, uh, one of the main characters, wouldn't play ball. He climbed his way up the ladder rapidly and had no inclination to warp the numbers that he had from his precinct to fit the needs of the politicians of that time, the mayor or the governor, what have you. And they found some dirt on him and crushed him and got him out of the position. Uh, Because that is how terrifying to people that thrive on corruption, someone that won't play ball is. And that was just a police chief. And yes, that is just a show. You know, I'm using it more to illustrate the concept of how far people are willing to go just to stop somebody that won't play ball. The fact that this episode is going to be about some of the smears of the media, frankly, is related to this. Uh, How far are they willing to go to stop the man that would systematically change how our government works? CNN has really cranked up their... I can't call it propaganda because that would be like doing it a service. That's the function it's serving. But to call it propaganda implies that they had like a a narrative, you know, like that they had some kind of like planned out script. Uh, What they did is Bernie Sanders said he was going to scale back his campaign. Now, I agree with Kyle Kalinske, whose show I watch, uh, when he said Bernie fucked up here. Uh, what I'm about to tell you. He made a mistake. Uh, Bernie was asked by the media, by CNN, uh, how he was feeling, you know, what happened, why he didn't, you know, they're trying to make a scandal out of him not sharing immediately with the media the nature of his health condition. It's clownish, and nobody buys it, nobody cares. Like, and, and I really do mean that. Like, I really don't think that him hiding his health from the media matters to a single human being. But I could be wrong. (laughs) Um, Regardless, uh, that's not their crime. It's still bullshit that they keep doing it, but that that's, it's, it's sad and cringy and pathetic. Um, They asked him what he planned to do and what happened. He said, I'm going to have to wind uh, certain components of the campaign back a little. Uh, I'm, I just can't do four rallies a day, you know? And yeah, You know, that's to be expected. You had a heart attack. I completely agree with that. Do a human amount of work, frankly. You have surrogates. You have us. Let us help you. And again, I I intend to start signing up for more calls simply because I, I haven't been doing my fair share. You know, this is a criticism as much of me as anybody else. If you can do calls for Bernie, by all means. You know, it's it's vastly more important to our future than any single thing you could do right now unless you're actually in one of these early voting states you know if you're in one of the early voting states obviously canvassing but in my case I'm in Virginia so by the time my state gets the vote it's really already been decided by those early states 
because that's how our undemocratic process works. So for me, the most useful thing I recognize I can do is to do calls for him in that state and try to spread the word, get people out to vote, make them aware. You know, it's about activating the most amount of people. And I'm going to start doing that because I have afternoons free. I have a new job. That's a bit of personal update about me. I've been unemployed for a while. I started working uh, last week, actually, was my first week. And that's pretty cool. It's a Monday to Friday position. Uh, so, you know cool. I'm, I, I don't normally bring up that personal stuff, but I, I'm pretty jazzed about it, and I like where I work right now, which, first time that's happened, too. Uh, pay's not as great, but what are you gonna do? No health insurance, either, but that's why we're doing this, bringing us back to what we were talking about. <sighs> okay, so CNN twists his answer here. They decide to spin it as if he's winding down the campaign and dropping out. Now, this would be... This would be one thing if it was the first time they'd done this. It would still be sad and pathetic and obvious. But the fact is, I've seen multiple clips where CNN goes, how about it's time for Bernie to drop out? Yeah, it's time for him to give up, huh? His movement's really going down. Like, at any opportunity, they bring this up. Like, literally any. They'll create one if they have to. They are determined to stop this man from being elected president. And I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. I am concerned. The heart attack was real. And I can't deny that that's going to have an impact on on the perception. I don't think that... I think he's stronger than he has been up till now because the heart stents uh, actually are... That's an improvement. Like, that's a normal procedure you get. And he wasn't lying about getting the stents... He just didn't bring up immediately that he'd had a heart attack because it was the, it literally, this happened over the weekend, remember? This happened on Friday. And in the course of a week, from Monday onward, they have acted like Bernie has been lying about his health, something that they were indignant at when Hillary Clinton was accused of the same in 2016. You know, people were accusing her of having Parkinson's. I'll admit, at the time, I found the possibility certainly to be greater than zero. I understand now that it was a conspiracy theory and obviously not true. And, you know, maybe I'm a sap that way. Uh, so I, I, humbling myself again, I, I thought that was some compelling shit, seeing her freeze and lock up that way. And I did think they were being kind of vague about her health. And fuck her anyway. Because Hillary Clinton, uh, as much as she would have been a better president than Donald Trump, if she had just let Bernie be president, which I know that sounds insane, but if he was the nominee, by every every poll seems to indicate, so I'm sure we'll never know, but every poll seems to indicate Bernie would have trounced Trump, and I believe he would have, and he'd also be four years younger. Like, it just, we wouldn't be in any of the shit we're in now. Our lives would be infinitely better, but obviously that's not where we're at. So... Hillary Clinton also might run again. Again, I know this is all a tangent. It, it just, she's been making word mouth or mouth words <laughs> about running, saying that uh, maybe there should be a rematch between her and Trump. She's like, I beat him once, I can beat him again. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. You didn't beat him, actually. You did not beat him, and the country has been worse off for it. You didn't win because we don't have a democracy. We have the Electoral College that 
was a compromise our founders made with slave states. And it's an absurd, disgusting way of enforcing um, who gets to be president. But you didn't win. You know, it doesn't change the fact that you did not win. Trump won. And if you run, Hillary, you will get embarrassed. You will get embarrassed. I know you're not going to listen to me. I doubt you'll listen to any single human being on the planet because you are a, a, a phenomenal narcissist. I mean, it truly, a, a one of the most narcissistic human beings that has ever existed. You stun me with the, the idea that you could come back now when we're already this far into a primary and have the presumption to, to pretend or like, I mean, you're not saying this on accident coming out here with your daughter. Like you clearly want to run. You clearly want to run like whether or not you will. That's very clear that you're saying this shit on purpose and that you have, that you wouldn't have learned anything doesn't stun me, but the, just the gall we are so far. We are halfway through this primary. Like, it's still early by all accounts, in my opinion, but voting is going to happen at the end, you know, in January, uh, February, and March. You know, I mean, this this year will fly by. And we've had multiple debates. We finally narrowed the field. And this psychopath wants to fucking come back out of retirement? Oh, anyway, CNN twists Bernie's words as if he is dropping out and if that wasn't enough they use this red filter to make him and his wife just look red when you look at them his wife is pink faced he, he is deep red and they obviously did this as a way of being like oh his heart he's looking he's barely holding it together he's he's he looks like he's gonna explode he, he looks like a tomato man and the only reason you would do this according to people that actually like edit videos the only reason you would do this is on purpose because it's so ugly. Like no one would intentionally filter it that way. They then proceed, as I said, to mention that he's dropping out, twisting his words when all he said was that he's not going to be doing as many events, which is, again, healthy and normal. Uh, Kyle Kalinske makes the point that bringing this up to the media, any sign of weakness to the media, it, it, it was a mistake. It was a mistake to talk to them uh, because they... That one ad that I that I had seen that was so moving, showing the media's bias against him, that fan-made ad, I mean, that was an incredible thing. If you haven't seen it, I've definitely retweeted it. I can retweet it again at the end of this video. It is the most powerful ad I have ever seen, and it effectively showcases the hypocrisy in the media and their feelings towards Bernie. Uh, so, Again, after that ad, I think they actually, I think that that ad might have been a trigger. Uh, we, you know, I mentioned the billionaires coming out, but it's clear now that they're not fucking around. Like they, that ad was like the permission slip for them to go, okay, well, if everybody fucking knows that we're just lying about Bernie, let's just lie about Bernie. Let's just do it. Like, let's just, we are the ones that set the narrative is what I feel like has been realized by CNN. There are no opinions that will be recognized by anyone outside of the media as long as we don't recognize them. Like, that is their new committed tactic. And I can't depend on Chank Uger of TYT to mention this to Chris Cuomo on CNN 
he's just going to let it sit there and keep showing up. And I know that his argument would be, come on, man, you know, progressives, we've got to get our voice out where we can, but it, it, it's disgusting. CNN is disgusting, and it will be so gratifying at the end of this process when we're the nominee to have to fucking just make them eat it. Like, I can't wait for that moment. But we got to get to that moment. We got to get to that moment, and we need to overcome them because this shit will not fly. They're trying to make Bernie look weak. They photoshopped, by the way, in another image, a liver spot on his head. He doesn't have a spot. They're just like, yeah, let's just like dan- like darken this random spot on him. Like, let's intentionally make him look worse. Think about that. Think about how insane it is. Like, oh, no, they're just touching him up. No. When you intentionally make someone look worse, if you're doing that to your friends, like in your own private life, you're doing it to them to be a dick. Like, you're like trying to to mess around with them a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, we all have friends and we have phones and we fuck around with photos on our phones. Like, if you want to send something funny to them, you know, you paint their face red. Does CNN seem like they're playing patty cakes with Bernie? Are they trying to be friends with him and they're just teasing him? No. They're clearly doing this on purpose uh, because they do not want him to win. And that is what we are up against. We are up against CNN, MSNBC, Fox News... NPR, literally the entirety of the media does not want him to be elected. Progressive outlets like the ones that I follow are frankly growing to such an extent that they rival some of these big conglomerates uh, in their total aggregate. It's why Bernie has such a viable campaign is that people have found their news outside of the CNN, MSNBC circuit. But a lot of people haven't. A lot of people haven't. A lot of people that only follow politics, that retweet basic videos, the people that follow like Zerlina, like I, I think a lot of these people are fake, to be honest with you, that are just there to like uh, disseminate or what, what, what is uh, the manufacture consent on Twitter. But I'm sure many of them are real. Many of people just follow these celebrity news actors on MS uh, or on Twitter, and they take what they say at face value. So when these people tell them. Bernie is disheveled, old, unfit, uh, crazy, and then they paint his face on their network. When they smear him on their network, what they're basically saying is, yeah, we like they've abandoned any desire to play fair. So they're just like, yeah, we're not playing fair, but what are you going to do about it? You have to come to us. We're the ones hosting the debates, and we're just not going to recognize any criticism. We won't play it. Like, they've abandoned, let me put it this way, they seem to have abandoned the desire to win over anyone they hadn't already won over. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, as opposed to, like, last week, like, I was mentioning the billionaires are just letting the master up about how scared they are. I should have and didn't predicted the the other shoe dropping is, yeah, they're fucking scared. And they've decided to pretty much call the stations they own and be like, you aren't letting him win. Like, that is clear. They, the message got out. This guy is dangerous because he can win. He just have a, had a heart attack. Take him out. Like, that's the goal. Take him out leading up to this next debate. Enough's enough. They're tired of the Bernie Sanders candidacy. And the heart attack, it, it 
scares me a little bit because we do need to win over other people. You know, we're a very dedicated, loyal base, very politically active. And we're among Bernie supporters. He has the highest floor. Uh, His people aren't going anywhere is what that means. So that is, I mean, that, that is a benefit that I don't want to understate. It's why I still think he will win. But again, we have to really remember that we need to win people back after this because they are going to keep on pushing this. This isn't going away. They are determined to take him out by any means necessary. So if that means that they start, like, what if during the debate <laughs> they, like, turn down his mic the way they did Andrew Yang's, you know, because CNN's hosting the debate? They can get away with it. They know they can get away with it. Uh, who's going to call them on it? No one's going to call them on it on their network. MSNBC's not going to call them on it. Fox isn't going to call them on it. Nobody is going to call them on it because it that's just how the game is played. Like, that. that's – that th- these – uh, components of the media do not want him in because if he gets in, their bosses, the people that own them, are going to lose a lot of money. And consequently, I mean, a lot of these people on TV are also millionaires. They're going to lose a lot of money. You know, you don't even have to go that far. It. I just encourage everyone to keep in mind what's at stake here. Somebody that can truly revolutionize the way our government operates. I understand the argument people make to me that in politics sometimes you have to compromise. You know, you don't always get what you want. But that's why you do need a Bernie Sanders to be the candidate. Because he is negotiating from a place of strength. He is treating his opinion as the only acceptable option so if he if the insurance companies want to offer us a one and he's offering us a 10 if we land at a five that's pretty significant progress if you start at the five you're only going to get a three see it matters to have somebody who goes for the 10 you always want someone who goes for the 10 that is an actual labor advocate which we desperately desperately need in this country to say nothing of the benefit to foreign policy he would have. Like, to say nothing of the fact that we would finally begin to roll back our imperialism under Bernie. To say nothing of the fact that we would finally begin to see Israel, Palestine, and that entire region have some progress. Because we would not be propping up Israel. It, 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 it's a good segue into what I have to talk about because uh, now we have a part of American imperialism that did get rolled back. Uh, But did it get rolled back or is this just another form of it, frankly? I'm not convinced that this isn't another form of imperialism that is far more insidious. At the very least, it's Turkish imperialism. Uh, The Turks have been given the green light by Donald Trump uh, to commit a genocide on the Kurdish people that have been living in a protected state. And uh, I'm going to explain the history of that, its significance, and basically give you the context to understand why we're taking this so seriously. 
So to give you an idea of what this area the Kurds occupy, what, how we got here, I guess. Uh, Syrian Kurds, we're going to start with Syria, uh, have long been suppressed and denied basic human rights. The Kurds across the Middle East are not treated well generally. Uh, they are an ethnic minority. Uh, and consequently, some of the more right-leaning elements of not just Syria, not just Turkey, not just Iraq, not just Iran, but all of them, uh, want to eliminate the Kurds. Or at the very least, um, I mean, it's like settler colonialism, you know? I mean, they, 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 this is an ethnic minority that they don't like. ISIS, uh, hates them as well, you know? They don't, they, they get a rough time of it, to say the least. And they've also been our allies, militarily speaking, uh, for some time. And that alliance uh, has been because, you know, ISIS doesn't want them to exist. And uh, we don't want ISIS to exist. And that's the way the U.S. operates, you know. It's, it's uh, alliances only exist to benefit our foreign domination, you know. And I mention this uh, because our imperialism is a problem. I bring this up uh, to acknowledge that. Our imperialism is a problem. However, it led to an alliance with these people. Uh, and these people have helped us defeat one of the premier evils of the world, supposedly. Uh, ISIS. They were instrumental in defeating them. And they have an area that they have carved out of Syria that operates under a federal system. It's quite fascinating. See, uh, the Kurdish lands have a long history of being confiscated and redistributed to Arabs in an attempt to Arabize Kurdish, uh, Arabize Kurdish reason, regions. And uh, when the uprising evolved into a civil war, uh, back in uh, 2012, 2011, uh, the main Kurdish parties publicly avoided taking sides. Uh, in mid-2012, government forces withdrew to concentrate on fighting the rebels elsewhere, and Kurdish groups took control in their wake. Uh, and so in January 2014, Kurdish parties, including the dominant Democratic Union Party, or PYD, uh, declared the creation of an autonomous administrations in the three cantons of Afrin, Cobain, and Jazeera. So these three sort of semi-autonomous cities uh, during the civil war in Syria were taken over by the Kurds as they were like a dominant political party there. And the Kurds had been our allies, so they were under an umbrella of our imperial protection, you know, because we were backing them in a civil war against Assad. And so, in March 2016, they announced the establishment of a federal system that included mainly Arab and Turkmen areas captured from ISIL. And the declaration, while it was rejected by the Syrian government and the Syrian opposition and Turkey and the U.S., has more or less stood there uh, under this protected status, effectively, uh, because we were at war in Syria. And... 
this is a delicate and dangerous sort of a situation where you have these people that have been oppressed for decades, probably centuries, frankly. And it's not just in Syria. They're heavily repressed in Turkey. Iraq, they've had it better, but, you know, not great. The Iranians don't much care for them either. Uh, They've committed war crimes against them. So this isn't, uh, you know, no whitewash of Iran. They aren't a great country. The issue with Iran is that they... uh, it, It is not our business to dictate the politics of another nation like that uh, through threats and wars and lies. But that's a whole nother thing. Like, I, I guess I only make that distinction to make it clear that Iran, you can criticize, certainly. And their treatment of the Kurds being one such criticism. Uh, but this brings us back to where we are now. <laughs> um, never mind Iran. Uh, Syria and Turkey do not accept this little area of Syria that's been carved out for them. They don't like it uh, because this federal system that they've created, uh, this sort of socialist experiment they're doing here uh, with like an anarcho-syndicalism kind of a vibe to it is, I mean, it's a encouraging and positive experiment for socialism, frankly. And you like to see people that have suffered not be under the boot of that suffering anymore, you know? So it it is a complicated issue, is I guess what I'm saying. There are those who want to make it really simple and just say it's good that the U.S. is ramping back its imperialism. But again, as I said at the beginning, this is just another form of imperialism. We're letting Turkey be the imperial jackboot uh, for the immediate interests of Donald Trump. Like, it, it, it's just his personal desires that have motivated this. Not any kind of deep moral commitment. Of all the things that we could ramp back our imperialism on, Afghanistan, Iran, I mean, it, 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 it should be... It does not surprise, certainly, is in his MO, but it is very telling that this individual is so base, he's so crass, that it, it could be easily just be a big bag of money. It doesn't have to be anything more complicated than that. And suddenly he pulls back. Like, the only reason we aren't leaving Afghanistan and Iraq is because of big bags of money, you know? The mineral resources that are in Afghanistan, the opium. I mean, and of course, also just our global order. But... Uh, the Kurds, <laughs> uh, they are attempting to do something else. They are attempting to create a, a way forward for their people. And the way they've found they have to do that is through this sort of democratic socialist system of this uh, actual sort of democracy that they've built as a way of making sure everyone's viewpoint in an area gets represented. And it's very encouraging And if the U.S. backed it the right way, it could actually lead to something very beautiful in the Middle East, I believe. I I think it could set a new standard for how things could be. Like, we always talk about bringing democracy. I mean, this 
This isn't bringing democracy. This is a democracy that has spawned on its own and is flourishing. And our decision is to pull back very few troops from a very small area. And there is a concerted effort online to convince people that this is a good thing. I see people that are nominally lefties saying that this is a good thing. Any amount of imperialism is being rolled back. Again, remember what I said about Trump. This is a base desire of his that has generated this. This isn't to roll back the empire. And of all the places you can pick, you picked the one where there is actually a little bit of good in the world that our troops are protecting. Like, it, 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 this place should not be abandoned when these people helped us defeat ISIS. If we accept that Bashar al-Assad is a dictator, as many do, both on the left and the right, if we accept that Erdogan is a dictator, I don't think that's in dispute either, then what possible arguable benefit is there to turning these innocent people over to their hands? Erdogan has every intention of committing this sort of operation that they've been threatening to do for some time. Uh, this massive, I don't know, I think it's called Bring Freedom. It, it, it has a really silly and ironic name that irritates me to no end. Uh, because it, it is just beyond the pale. They just like to slap you across the face. It's unbelievable what people like Trump and Erdogan, they do just the complete cynicism to its core. But basically they're committing an ethnic cleansing uh, and calling it bringing freedom uh, or bringing peace. And they intend to heavily wipe out these Kurds. I mean, they this is for them, this is them asserting strength over the border. And the Syrians view this as a chance for them to take out one of their enemies because they don't like the Kurds and they definitely don't recognize that the Kurds have carved out this piece of Syria. See? Like, they're not cool with that. That's their territory. So the way they see it, they can let, you know, kill two birds with one stone. They can deal with the Kurds by letting Turkey deal with them. And then once they've had a chance to deal with more domestic problems on their end, uh they can try to reassert control over the territory. Like, basically what I'm saying is Bashar al-Assad has no inclination, and maybe even some benefit to the, to the contrary, he's no inclination to help these people. No desire whatsoever. And the only reason that they were being allowed to survive was because they were our allies. That's it. That's what, what was giving them some sort of protection. And now that we've pulled back... It's just another reminder that, with, like with the Iran deal, uh, this president uh, does not respect any bounds of international decency. He truly is just the most thuggish and dis disappointing individual on the planet Earth. And the thing is, is there are some people on Fox that find this abhorrent as well. You know, this is Brian Kilmeade. Uh, probably, I mean, not probably, 100% for the wrong reasons, because he's a war hawk who just wants to go to war with everybody, but he made the exact same analysis I'm making to you, that these were our allies, and abandoning them like this, well, okay, and in his point of view, doing this will make sure that other people don't want to ally with us in the future, I think the Iran deal being betrayed pretty much solidified that, but, you know, <laughs> um, 
even more so by just abandoning the Kurds, why would anyone agree to work with us? They will just abandon you when it's convenient. So this is not something that the neocons enjoy either. This is not something that I think most Democrats are ups- were upset about it. it. It doesn't make any sense unless you view it from the lens that this is just another part of a trend of this administration, whether you're talking about Puerto Rico or, again, Iran, or whether you're talking about uh, the Kurds, illegal immigration, it, it doesn't matter. This There's a just penchant for callousness from these people. They are true fascists. It, it is disgusting and disturbing, and another stark reminder of why Bernie Sanders needs to be our candidate. We can leave no room for dispute with these people. Uh, I intend to start signing up for more calls because it it is awful to imagine him losing to a Joe Biden or a Liz Warren even, but the real horror would come if we lost to Trump. I, I The idea of allowing our country... I don't think that we get elections. Let me put it this way. If we allow this to go on, we have to stop him here. I, I, I have said for some time now that I never expected him to leave office willingly because to do so is to guarantee he will be arrested. Uh, it is certain. <laughs> like whether you're talking about a Liz Warren or a Joe Biden or uh, a Bernie Sanders, none of them have... Uh, any kind of, they would not be amenable to leaving Trump alone. Let me put it that way. This isn't like with Barack Obama failing to prosecute George W. Bush, which we can all agree was a horrible, horrible failure on his part. Uh, But regardless, uh, again, Ellen, Jesus, come on. But um, uh, this isn't like, uh, or at least the very least we... I see no way it could be like that. I No matter who you look at, Trump has attacked all of them and made their lives infinitely harder. Like, this attack against Joe Biden and his son, I mean, his campaign was going down anyway, but this is going to stick. This is going to stick in people's minds. This is really bad for Joe Biden, frankly. Like, people are going to be like, eh, I don't want to put this guy up. He's got dirt. It's not going to, like, people can make that calculation. It isn't the kind of thing that builds faith. So him throwing this mud, frankly, is a good thing because it's really going to sink Biden. But uh, at the same time, we have to make sure it's Bernie picking up those other votes. So that's what I'm going to be participating in. Trump is a threat to the world and to us domestically. We need to beat him and beat him hard. And Bernie is the one projected to beat him hard in every single polling matchup because Bernie speaks to a populist message. We can leave no room for dispute. There can be nothing that Trump can contest after we're done here because at that point, it's, you know, the Congress is going to acknowledge a new president as they should, and it comes down to the army. And there are a lot of Trump people in the army. And would Trump command the army to protect him and would people comply with that? Is a scary and terrifying question. But I know that a President Bernie Sanders, who wins by 10 points, 
as he's projected to do in most matchups, is going to be a lot harder for these Trump people to be motivated to fight against. Because what he's offering to do is make their lives better, along with the lives of everyone in the nation. And the goal here is to make sure we have a peaceful transition of power. So you want to go with the option that beats him the most. Never mind the fact that Trump, Bernie Sanders is also just the empirically best candidate for his policies, if you have any kind of left politics. Never mind the fact that he's been doing this for 40 years, so you have every reason to believe he will follow through. The fact of the matter is, he's also the best matchup, and for our own national safety, it is imperative we put the best matchup forward so that when Trump contests it, there's got to be a there's going to be a pressure point. Again, if it's 2% or an electoral college swing, if it's small, cuz he's going to try to put his thumb on the scale, I'm not going to be shocked if we have voting booths shut down, polling places or we're not uh no, the registration places shut down. We already have all that shit, but I think actual votes will probably get destroyed too. I mean, like he he is going to use his power in a way that he is going to do everything he can to hold it. He is going to do everything he can to hold it, and that's going to put the limits of what he's able to do legally. Combined with the fact that there is a ton of support for him in the enforcement agencies, you know, in the police, in the military, like in the CIA and FBI, I imagine on the grunt level, you know, I mean, or not, you know, I mean, that's probably maybe a more neoliberal neocon kind of a swing than ever Trump crowd. But regardless, the point is, is we need to beat him and beat him bad. So get out there, do phone calls for Bernie. Uh, the Kurds, it, it is horrifying what's about to happen in that region. I don't have any suggestions on how to fix it. Uh, Trump is abandoning these people to be ethnically cleansed, you know, so... Together we will beat him. Bernie 2020. Thank you for tuning in.